Wednesday, I'll wake up with it still in my head. So it's a beautiful thing. I, uh, I wanted to talk this morning about, the, the title of this is, Have You Forgotten God? Now, what I mean by that is not, has God forgotten us? Or, or not that we have forgotten God, but, but sometimes when we look around, it looks like God has forgotten us, doesn't it? I mean, think about just this past week. We had the tragedy that happened with the Bike the Bluff cyclists just a week ago, Saturday. And then this week, we have the collapse of, a, of an entire condominium in Florida. It just, you look around and you see so much destruction, so much going on that it, that it can feel like we, we just kind of want to cry out to God, God, have you forgotten? Have you forgotten that you promised things to us? Have you forgotten that, that you love us? Have you forgotten us? God, have you forgotten? And so I wanted to, to explore that a little bit in Psalm 89 this morning. If you want to turn there, it will be up here behind me. We're going to begin in Psalm 89. We're just going to, now if you look at this psalm, you're going to think, holy cow, we're going to be here all day. There's 52 verses to this. So, yep, we're going to be here until four-ish. No, I'm only going to do the first four verses because I, I, I'm, I'm hoping that you will later this afternoon read the rest of this. But, but we're going to read the first four verses. So read them with me. Again, it's up here behind me. Psalm 89, verses 1 through 4. I will sing about the Lord's faithful love forever. I will proclaim your faithfulness to all generations with my mouth. For I will declare... Faithful love is built up forever. You establish your faithfulness in the heavens. The Lord said, I have made a covenant with my chosen one. I have sworn an oath to David, my servant. I will establish your offspring forever and build up your throne for all generations. So we're going to look at this as we, uh, as I, uh, we're going to study our way through as I have taught you to study. We're going to first look at context then we're going to look at what, it, what this says about God and what it says about us. Then what do we need to do now that we know this about God and, and ourselves? And then we're going to look kind of phrase by phrase through verse, 22, or verse 2. And then we'll look for the comfort and the challenge that I think every passage of Scripture has. So let's begin with the context. The context of Psalm 89, uh, the, at the very beginning, or just above, it says it's a masculine of Ethan the Ezraite. Now, who is Ethan the Ezraite? We have no idea, right? There, there seems to be just no, we don't have any explanation of who Ethan the Ezraite is. It's somebody we don't know very much about. Now, 1 Kings 4 tells us that Solomon was the wisest king, even wiser than Ethan the Ezraite. So that, that helps us to understand who he is because it says that he was a wise man. But we don't know much more. We don't know anything else about Ethan the Ezraite. And the timing of when this psalm was written is also debated. It, it either comes when Israel is in its first exile, 
before it comes when Solomon dies and, it, and, and the ten tribes of Israel revolt against Solomon's two sons. Either way, it, it's, it's, the, its timing isn't really all that important. We'll kind of look at both, but its timing's not all that important. And then, uh, and then we, we want to think about how he starts this. Notice that he starts this with praise. He starts out with, I will sing about the Lord's faithful love. I will proclaim. I will declare. He starts out with all of this praise. Now, that's a great place to start a psalm, isn't it? It's also a great place to start your day, frankly. Praising God for who he is. That's really what, what Ethan is doing here, is praising God for who he is. God, you are the one who is all of these things, your faithful love, your faithfulness. So it's a great place to start. Now, it's particularly important that he starts here because it is in these areas that he's going to challenge God. As you read through this psalm, starting about verse 38 or so, he starts to challenge God on on, but you haven't been faithful in this, and you forgot this covenant, and, you, and, and what about this, what about this, what about this? So it's a great place to start, and it's exactly what he is going to challenge as we go on. So <clears throat> what does this say about God? Well, first of all, it talks about God's faithful love, the faithful love of God. God's love never changes. Now, we, we don't understand this because it's not, frankly, it's not our experience with, with mankind. But, but there is nothing you can do that will make God love you less. And there is nothing you can do that will make God love you more. God loves you and his love is faithful. It is the same. It is always. And Ethan, even just, uh, the, the, the writer of the psalm, even says... That, that this is the faithful love of God. And, it, and it is, he also talks about God's faithfulness. So he talks about his faithful love and his faithfulness. Now, these are interesting because they kind of interplay, don't they? Does the, the faithfulness of God come from his faithful love, or does his faithful love come from his faithfulness? I think they're intertwined, and, and so they're interesting to consider how all of this fits together. God's faithfulness and God's faithful love are, are kind of connected. And they're connected in this way also, as I said. With, with God's faithful love, there is nothing you can do that will make God love you less or make God love you more. Nothing. With his faithfulness, it isn't based on your faithfulness. It's not based on whether we are doing the right things for God. It is based on God. It is who he is. God is faithful, whether we are or not. I think that's good news because I think we have a problem with staying faithful. And, and so I think it's, a good, it's good news that God stays faithful no matter what. There's, God's also the covenant-keeping God. When God keep, makes a covenant, he keeps it. He made the covenant with Abraham and kept it. And, and again, this is exactly where Ethan is going to challenge 
God. He's going to say, you made a covenant that David's descendants will be on the throne forever. Where are they? We know this covenant is kept, right? Because the descendant of David, Jesus Christ, is the King of kings and Lord of lords. He's the king of the entire world. He is king of all. And so we know God keeps this covenant. And that's important to understand that God keeps covenants because he, our covenant with God is in Christ. And so if our salvation is based entirely upon the covenant of God in Christ, if God doesn't keep his covenants, then we're, our salvation is in trouble. But he does. God is a covenant-keeping God. Now, what does this say about us? Well, it first says that you and I, we are the target, focus, and purpose of the faithful love of God. We are the reason God loves. Love takes two. It takes more than one. We are the reason for God's love. You're the target, focus, and purpose of God's faithful love. You're also the target, focus, and purpose of the faithfulness of God. Because would it matter if God was a covenant-keeping God if we didn't have a covenant with him? We are the target, focus, and purpose of the love of God and of the faithfulness of God. And I think even perhaps more important is we are not the only ones that struggle with God's timing. I think this is the greatest struggle we have. I've said it before from this platform. I will continue to say, this is where we argue with God the most, is his timing. We believe he's going to do what he says he's going to do, but we want to see it, right? We want it now. But I want you to consider something. We live in a beautiful area. We live in a, a place of, of tremendous trees. None of those trees were planted in your lifetime. Yet it is you and I that get to enjoy them. We get to enjoy their shade. We get to enjoy how they look. We, we get to use them to, to heat our homes in the winter. All, we get the benefit of these trees, and none of them were, were placed there when you and I were alive. That is the timing of God versus our timing. We want the tree to grow in front of us. God wants the tree to grow strong. God wants it to be useful. God wants it to be beautiful. And so, it won't always happen in our time. It's going to happen in his time. We're not the only ones that think this way. Ethan thinks this way. He is calling out to God about this covenant that God made with, with, about David. And he's calling out to God and, and saying, where is this, God? He looks around. He knows the promises of God. And he looks around and says, I don't see them. We have the benefit of a longer view. We know God keeps the covenant of having a, a, a descendant of David on the throne forever in Jesus Christ. We know that. Ethan doesn't. So Ethan is complaining about God's timing. What do we see from the disciples in the Gospels? Are you going to set up your kingdom now? 
their timing versus God's timing. Even Jesus said on the cross, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why have you forgotten me? All of us feel this way at times, so you're not alone. And it's completely okay for you to say so to God. God, I don't like your timing on this. You can say it because we read it constantly in Scripture. It's not like it, it's a lack of faith. It's not like you'd be the first one to say it. God, I don't like your timing on this. I want it faster. I want to see it. I want it to happen where I can see it. I want the tree to grow in front of me, not for a future generation. So what must we do? Look at the, uh, the actions of Ethan here. It says he sings about the Lord's faithful love. He proclaims God's faithfulness. He declares the faithful love of God and the faithfulness of the heavens. So this is what we need to do. We need to sing about the faithful love of God. Now, I'm not talking about mumbling your way through a couple of hymns on Sunday morning. I'm talking about having a song in your heart. I mean, all week that you are singing about the faithfulness of God, about the love of God, a, a song that, that, is, that stays with you, a song always in your heart about the love of God. We need to proclaim the faithfulness of God. Think about how God has worked in your life. Think about what he did last month, last year, 10 years ago. Think about what he saved you from. Keep those things in mind and proclaim them to others. Proclaim who God is and what he has done in your life. We need to proclaim God's faithfulness. And we need to, tr to declare his faithfulness and his love. When you look at the world right now, <laughs> this is the world he created. The trees that we are enjoying weren't in our lifetime. Things that we expect to, to come true in our lifetime may not. They may be for a future generation to enjoy like the trees are for us. Declare the faithfulness of God. We know he keeps his covenants. We know if he says it, it happens. We know he keeps his promises. And we need to trust his sovereignty. His timing, not our timing. He sees the outcome not only for you, but for everyone around you. And so he knows exactly when things need to happen and how. We need to trust that. We know he keeps his word. We know he keeps his promises. We know he's the covenant-keeping God. So we need to trust that his timing is right and ours may not be. Now let's take a look at verse 2, kind of phrase by phrase. For I will declare... Now, the word declare has a range of meanings in Hebrew. It can mean to speak aloud or to answer. It also means to speak with, within your own heart, and it can mean to show somebody something. I think that declaration has to happen in your heart before it can come out your mouth. I think we have to be, 
we have to have our hearts settle on the fact that God is who he says he is and does what he says he will do. That conversation has to happen in your heart and then it can come out your mouth. We know God keeps his word every single time. We know the outcome of this psalm. We can look back at this psalm and say, oh, Ethan, you should have known. You should have known. He was going to keep his word. But aren't we in the same place today? (laughs) Aren't we looking around and saying, "I, I know the promises of God, but where are they? For I will declare, faithful love is built up forever. I've talked about this word faithful love before. Uh, it's also, uh, your, your English translation may have it as loving kindness or mercy or, or faithfulness. It, it's a word that doesn't come into English well. It's the, the Hebrew word chesed. Now chesed, every Hebrew word has a, has a picture associated with it. And the word chesed is, the, the picture of that is a mother coddling her child. So how do you describe that in English? Is it faithful love? Is it faithfulness? Is it loving kindness? See, it just doesn't come into English well. That's the kind of love God has for us. He is coddling us as we go through this life. Built up is a word in Hebrew that that means to build or repair, but it also means to, to start from scratch and build. That's what Christ has done in us. God has rebuilt our hearts in Christ. We have a new heart. As, the Psalm, as David says in, in Psalm 51, create in me a new heart, O God. We have a new heart being built up in Christ. And for, the word forever, faithful love is built up forever. The word forever, this is, uh, we think forever starts now and goes forward. But this word in in Hebrew literally means uh, forever and ever. It it means eternity. It starts from before the beginning of time and goes to the past the end of time. It is literally forever. So so his faithful love has been being built up in your life before you even knew him. his, His faithful love has been building in your life and in the life of those around you for forever from before the beginning of time to past the end of time. You establish your faithfulness in the heavens. Establish means to provide for and prepare for. God has prepared us and provided for us. He provided our salvation in Jesus Christ, didn't he? He provided our salvation and he prepared us to understand it. He prepared us to know our need for Christ. So God has done all the work. He prepared us for it and he provided it for us. He's done all the work. We don't need to add to it. We don't need to take away from it. God's done all the work. He's done all the preparation and all the and and all of the providing. And the word heavens is is most often seen in the Bible. It's usually talking about the sky, like like where the birds fly, the the clouds, the stars. 
Now, why would we think about the faithfulness of God in the sky? Where do we see every day the faithfulness of God? When the sun comes up. When the sun goes down. When the stars come out. We get reminders of the faithfulness of God every single day in the, in the sky. All we need to do is look up. All we need to do is look up and say, and, yep, the sun came up today. God is faithful. He keeps his promise. Yep, the sun went down. Didn't stay up. It went down. God is faithful. Look at the stars. God is faithful. We get that every day. So, so many of the Psalms talk about the heavens as the show the faithfulness of God. That's because they do. They show us the faithfulness of God day after day after day after day. So what are the comforts and the challenges of this, this section, this, this passage? The comforts are many. The faithfulness of God, the faithful love of God, how God always keeps his word, always keeps his covenant, how you and I are the target, focus, and purpose of his love and his faithfulness as, and, and his covenant keeping. The challenge of this verse is not to be looking around, but try to look beyond. Realize, when you see that tree, that someone 150 years ago looked at that tree and thought, wow, I wonder if this thing's going to grow. We know the faithfulness of God. We see that God is at work and, and has been for, for beyond our lifetime. We simply need to trust that. We need to trust his sovereignty and his timing. What, when we look around at our world right now, it's easy to say that God's forgotten us. But he has a purpose for this. He had a purpose for his people being exiled. He had his pur- a purpose for the ten tribes of, uh, of Israel to revolt. He, had a, he has a purpose for what's going on in our world today. He will keep his promises. He always has. He always will. It may not be in our timing. We may not see it. But some future generation is going to look back at this, at this time, and say, look what God has done. Will you trust his timing? I'm going to ask that you bow your heads. Will you trust his sovereignty enough to trust that he is at work and is going to keep his promise? Father, we thank you for this view of someone who was challenging your timing. This view that we can see you have done everything you said you would do. Every promise you made to Ethan, you have kept. And we thank you that we have it to look at, to give us hope for the promises that we have, you've given us. Help us to see your timing. Help us to look not around, but beyond. 
and see what you are doing. In Jesus' name, amen.